What is that? This is an MP3 recorder, and Super. I'm in Vernon, British Columbia. Uh, my name's Amita Switlow. I work with QSO VSO West, and I'm really lucky that Andy Bueller tracked down some return volunteers, and uh, Ted Bridgewater was in Trinidad. And when Andy called you, you had just moved to Vernon. Right. Wasn't that a surprise? Yes. How long has it been since you last heard from us? Many uh, years. Twenty years or something. Since I used to get uh, newsletters sent <laughs> to the house, but uh, I haven't received newsletters for years and years and years. So, what did you? What were you studying before you were uh, sent to Trinidad? Engineering. Oh, you're an engineer. I'm an engineer. What kind of engineer? I'm a mechanical engineer from McGill. McGill. Yeah, and. Uh, and then most of my career was in the old oil and gas industry. Oh, all in Alberta. In Alberta. Oh, and you're retired now? Or semi retired? I'm retired. He's fully retired. retired, yes. Of course, we're going to <laughs> re recruit him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, what would an engineer be going to do in Trinidad in 1971? Teaching in a technical school. Okay. San Fernando Technical. San Fernando. Uh, the second largest city in Trinidad. Yeah. Okay. And what were you, what were you teaching engineering? Um, well, engineering courses, uh, um, mm -hmm. math, sciences, drafting, mechanical engineering courses at a technical school. So most of the students, there's a large refinery. There was a large refinery, I think it's still there, that oh. was a Texaco refinery. Yeah. Uh, just north of San Fernando, and a lot of the students were given one day off to, so they already had their O levels, uh, or yes. some of them maybe their A levels, mm -hmm. and so they were mainly adult students. They were okay. 18 years and older, and worked at the technical school, or worked at at Texaco, mm -hmm. and then came to the technical school one day a week and evenings and Saturdays and so I so I would teach so they came in sort of different groups but uh, there was very few of them were full-time younger students they were mainly 18 years and older and, and had jobs. So what did it feel like because you were pretty young right I'm looking at you now you look young now <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you were a pretty young guy then what did it feel like teaching was that your first time teaching? First and only time teaching. Okay. I, I, I liked it. I think I, I'm not sure I was any good at it, uh, <laughs> but I know I enjoyed it. I think, and and a lot of the students were more or less my age. Okay, um, I thought so. Because I would have been only 21 years old or something. Wow. Um, so, but they're never. Uh, um, they came from a British system where there seemed to be a lot of respect for teachers. So there was. There wasn't a lot of uh, issues in the classroom like there might be in North America. Yes. There was never any of that kind of problem. With, yeah. so, the, the, um, so what does a guy like Ted Bridgewater uh, learn from going to, um, to a place like Trinidad when he's so young? What does it feel like? What? So tell me anything interesting <laughs> about that adventure. Did it feel like an adventure? It it, um, it it was it was actually quite comfortable. Like I was there, my girlfriend at the time, who I later married, um, came down and she lived there and got a job as a teacher. And I was living with uh, another CUSO volunteer in mm -hmm. San Fernando and um, a 
an engineer that I knew from McGill who was working at the Texaco refinery as an engineer. Oh. So there was four of us living in a ni relatively nice house and, mm -hmm. and um, for most of us it was our first time living away from home. And, yes. And Trinidad is a... Can be fun? A lot of fun. And the people are really, really outgoing and friendly. Yes. Um, and at that time at least, uh, it was quite safe. I'm not sure, you know, if you're young and don't have a lot of money, it's probably safer than if you were there, yeah. going there with a lot of money. And, and particularly um, San Fernando uh, wasn't, you know, as big a city as Port of Spain. Port of Spain is, uh, there's mo more issues with sort of uh, racism against white people. And, okay. Uh, and so you felt welcomed? And Very it kind welcome. of in influenced your life because you ended up getting married to somebody you met there. Nope, uh, she was a, a gal from, from Montreal who who, oh. uh, who who came down to Trinidad after I got there and got herself a job and okay and right. uh, rode home on the bike with me and so we had a. Did so you we have had a motorbike a, when you were there? Yep, that we rode a motorbike around Trinidad and then we we shipped the bike to Mexico City and rode the bike home from the two of us rode the bike home from. Uh, Wow. From Mexico City to Vancouver to Montreal. Long, long bike ride on a Honda 350. Long, long <laughs> in, <laughs> with in all our camping gear. In 1970, uh, with your camping gear? So that would have been 73, yeah. yeah in 1973, you came yeah. back in 1973. Yeah, 71 to 73. And uh, and then been working as an engineer ever since. Uh, and But uh, th thinking of it, teaching was always, I don't know, I, I enjoyed teaching. I really did enjoy teaching. But I'm not sure I would enjoy teaching in North America. Uh, it's they, difficult, they, uh, I'm uh, sure. I can't imagine there's, what there's the teachers of, yeah. put up with. Teachers put up with a lot more than what we had to put up with in China. I'm from Uganda, yeah. so you know, I, I we were taught a great deal of respect, like the kids in Trinidad yeah, for our teachers. Teach. So it was we would call them sir, madam, teacher. Yeah, yeah, but there wasn't a lot of problems in the classroom, and these kids all were taking time, their own time, to do this. They mm -hmm. weren't kids, they were Adults. 18, 19, 20. Same like you. <laughs> and uh, so they wanted to learn. So, so <coughs> do you think that, I'm just going to ask you about development. Do you think that when, when you go and you teach there, did you learn about their culture also in the process? Because you're, you're um, uh, participating in um, them learning new skills and new ideas. How about you? Do you come back with something different? Um, y yeah, you do. You, you come back with an appreciation for for the other people's upbringing and views and opinions. And, and mm -hmm. Trinidad is is very much a divided island in the sense that there's 50% black people, or 40% black people and 40% East Indian people. Okay. And, uh, and we were on the East Indian side, which or side of the island, which uh, mm. uh, which generally was really really open to people, and, and okay. uh, whereas a lot of the culture that you see from Trinidad mm -hmm. is that sort of uh, calypso, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we know, carnival type yeah. of culture, which is a, a lot of the black side of, of, of the Port of Spain half of the island. So it was interesting seeing that. Uh, one of the QSO people married a Trinidadian, so we got to know her family pretty well, and 
and she came from a small town in Trinidad, and and so we got to know a lot of the, wow. the uh, like much smaller than San Fernando, and the, and this the people in San Fernando always accepted us for who we are, who we were, and the we kind vacation. Of that kind of brings you to this place in the world where when you ha are exposed to that as a younger person, maybe as an older person you might be a little more accepting and understanding of other cultures. Do you think so? Accepting and understanding and maybe not as afraid of them uh, and not as worried about them. I, that's what I find when I travel um, with my family or something that when they get into a situation where there's people that are different, they, they get anxious and their reaction seems to be that they should worry, and, um, and, and there's you, no real reason you're to. Okay. Well, somewhat. Usually okay. And, yeah. And, and there's no reason to 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 get worried unnecessarily. Like yes. you, you have to be cautious. Yes, always. But but you don't have to go in being anxious uh, because in most cases these people are essentially the same as you and have the same family situations. And, and worry about their kids, and worry about their jobs, and worry about their life in general. Yeah, that, yeah. So, you know, all these years later, it's now 50 years coming up that QSO VSO is celebrating its 50th, and you know it is QSO. And so we've had over 15,000 volunteers out in the field, and they have served over 35 million hours of service. And you, Ted, are one of them. <laughs> and uh, the other day we were calculating for the next five years the contribution of, of volunteers in in-kind contribution would be $20 million. So when I went back and looked at this, it's, it's over $200 million do uh, that you guys have put into our development budget and our work around the world. And I want to thank you okay. for all your I, work. And I, I guess, you know... Like it, it wasn't really volunteering. We were paid, and and yes, and we and there was you know we weren't paid a great salary, but we were paid the same salary as Trinidadian. So we were not volunteering in the sense that we were doing it for free. But we ah. were. Uh, we, Ted brings up a good point. <laughs> in the in those days, they were called cooperants uh, or volunteers, and today we still call them volunteers. And today we still pay our volunteers uh, a stipend to be in the field, equal to somebody in the country. Right. So the philosophy is the same. Uh, but when we think about the sacrifice of uh, your ability to earn a certain amount of money in this country at that time, it is it is a significant difference in yes. the amount of money. So yes. we still want to thank you <laughs> for okay. taking that time and that sacrifice. Take. Excellent. Okay. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at the 50th, maybe, and uh, enjoy your retirement in Vernon. Okay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much. Okay.